All right, hello everyone. Welcome to everyone in Palm Bay. Welcome to everyone in Deland. Welcome to everybody watching online. We're glad you're there. Full house today. This is awesome. Uh, I recommend you reach over and put on your seatbelt. Um, I'm not trying to anger anybody today, but I'm probably going to. So that's okay. Um, because we are committed here to the Word of God. And when you preach the Word of God, it upsets people. Just for the record, Peter warned us that in the end times... People will gather together with itching ears and they'll ask to be told what they want to hear. Well, that's not what you're going to hear today. Uh, we're starting a new series called Out on a Limb. And that's where Christians have always been. And for way too long, the American church has been the exception. We've been able to hide. Uh, the rest of the world has dealt with persecution. They've dealt with having to take tough stands and hold their ground. And in the American church, we've kind of been able to waffle. We're out of room, folks. We're out of waffle room. And the question is, where will we stand? How long will we let things erode before we decide, no, we will stand? Colonel Ralph Nader said, there are consequences to actions. But there are also consequences to inaction. It's a very, very good point. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look over the next 10 weeks at the life of the prophet Elijah. Elijah's an interesting character. He shows up out of nowhere in the Bible and ends up speaking directly to the king of Israel. His name was Ahab, one of the most corrupt dudes ever to run anything. And uh, he shows up and he's not going to tell Ahab what he wants to hear. He's going to tell him the truth. And I want you to understand, whether it's a preacher, a priest, a pastor, a prophet, the job of a spiritual leader in the church of Jesus Christ is to represent truth, not to tell you what you want to hear. If you want to hear what you want to hear, go home and turn on your TV. You can hear anything you want. Or you listen to yourself. You can hear anything <laughs> that you want to hear. But I want you to understand that Tomoka Christian Church is built on a very simple principle. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. It is inspired by God to teach, correct, rebuke, and train us for righteousness. That means the Word of God is unapologetically going to give us truth. I had a guy a couple weeks ago said this to me. I mean, just, I'll just help you in advance, okay? He said, Surely you're going to apologize for what you said about the Bible. Let me help you. On general principle, no chance. On specific principle of what he was wanting me to not deny, basically that Jesus was the way to heaven, ain't no chance. All right? So you can just write that down. That, so what we're going to say today, I promise you, it's going to offend some people. Um, it's okay. It's okay. I just ask that you would listen, and let's see where God takes us. Is that, is that fair? All right? It's going to get rough fast, so just buckle in. All right? Here we go. 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah shows up out of nowhere. Stand with me, please, out of respect for the Word. Elijah, show, Elijah lives on the, the eastern shore of the Jordan River. He lives in today what is Jordan. And... Um, I don't know. We don't know. 
he just shows up. He, he's called Elijah the Tishbite, which means he's from a city called Tishbe. We've never found that city yet, but it's somewhere in eastern Jordan. But he shows up and he goes to see the king, and this is what he says. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, Jordan, said to King Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve... There will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. It's not going to rain for three years, my friends. We learned that in James chapter 5. What we do know about Elijah is that he was a praying man. Before he went to the king, he'd been praying about all these gods they're worshiping, every god except the living God. And that phrase, he said, I serve the living God. The word living there, it's a weird Hebrew word. It means your stomach. Why do you use that word? Because your stomach's what keeps you alive, is it not? It's what you put in. And Elijah says, the God I serve is alive versus all of the statues and false gods that you worship. The word who I serve, he says, no rain, several years, three and a half years, you can read it in James 5, except at my word. That's a bit cocky. That's the message. Hey, king, how you doing? You're such a sinner. Be no rain for three years. Got to go. <laughs> then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. Turn eastward. Go back toward the Jordan. Hide in the Kirith Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook that I directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the ravine east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. You can be seated. So we're going to work our way through Elijah's life. But this is where it starts. Now, he's a full-grown man. He's a prophet. And all of a sudden, he bursts onto the scene. He goes to King Ahab, and he confronts him about this universalism. Now, listen to me. It's well alive in our culture today. Universalism says all gods and all religions are the same. Now listen, if you are an atheist, that's a great response. If you're a Christian, it's an ignorant response. Because Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. Muhammad, Buddha... No, Jesus. So rather than pick apart the story, the best thing to do is to grab a hold of the one who died for you on a cross. And again, I get, people get upset at me, but I'm telling you, no other religion offers salvation. There is no other group that says, here's how you get to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All who come through me can be saved. But we live in this era, just like Ahab lived in, where people believed in universalism. All roads are the same. All religions will get you to heaven. No religion will get you to heaven. Listen, again, if you're an atheist, bang, you're right on it. All religions are the same to you. If you're a Christian, that is not possible. Either we believe Jesus is the way... And we're trying to help everybody else find the way. Because who don't we want people to go to heaven? 
Why would we do mission work? Why would we plant churches? If it doesn't matter, let them worship a beer can. It doesn't matter. Everybody goes to heaven. But that's what universalism does. And when the church starts buying that, we get in big trouble. Listen to the division, all right? Here's Psalm 1, verse 5. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. I thought we were all sinners. We are all sinners. But we're made right by our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's His blood that was shed. So... Elijah immediately makes a divide between the God that he serves and all other gods. Because Ahab worshipped all the rest of them. Elijah said, no, I worship the living God. And to prove that, no rain. Three years. Again, you can read the details. You can finish chapter 17. You can read James 5. But... For three years, it's not going to rain to prove. So they've got their rain god. They've got their sky god. They've got their fertility gods. So he's like, go ahead. Go to all of them. But I serve the living God. In fact, he said, I stand with the living God. And that's where I entitled the message. The question is, where will you actually decide to take a stand? I'm fascinated by Christians who, you know, yes, I believe in God, yes, I believe in Jesus, but won't commit to serve, won't commit to tithing, won't commit to living their faith. But, yeah, I'm a Christian. Sure, I'm a believer. Let me tell you something. In the next two years, three years, you're going to get eaten alive by this culture if you haven't already. If you haven't figured out that as a Christian, I've got to learn to stand with the living God regardless of what the culture says. You're going to get destroyed. And we've seen that with a whole ton of Christians and churches. So universalism is a ridiculous picture. It's like saying 2 plus 2 is 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. It would never work in math. But when it comes to spiritual things, ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter unless Christianity is true. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he proved to everyone once and for all that he was who he claimed to be. Is anybody out there? Yes? All right. That's the easy part. Right? To stand for God. But you also sometimes got to be willing to stand alone. And that's more and more where we find ourselves. Now, Elijah thinks he's standing alone. And we'll see in a, in a couple of months as we roll through this series... That even when Elijah thought he was all by himself, God said, I got 7,000 guys just like you, Elijah. You're not alone, son. But usually where God puts us, we are alone. Where God puts us to stand with our family, our church, uh, our community, our workplace, our school, our neighborhoods. Where God puts us, a lot of times we do have to stand alone. You might be the only one that believes in the Bible. You might be the only one that believes in the authority of Scripture about creation and about, about virgin birth and the resurrection. Let me tell you, here's, here's, you need to hear these words. Here's the kind of stuff that gets said. When you hear preachers say, well, the Bible, the Bible contains the Word of God. Run. 
Well, the Bible, there was, uh, God was like uh, kind of working with the writers, but, um, you know, it's, you can't really trust all of it. And some of those stories were, were just thrown in to teach you things. Run. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. Either it is or it isn't. But don't try to water it down. Either it is or it isn't. Now, I told you to buckle in. Here we go. The United Methodist Church is splitting in half right now. This has been a 10-year process. All the papers, big news. What are they splitting over? They're splitting over gay marriage and gay ordination. There's a traditional group, they call them, that are holding to the Scripture. And the church is throwing them out. You guys are on your own if you don't believe in the progressive agenda. Now, let me make it clear. We love all people. All people are sinners. All people are saved by the grace of God. You know that, right? In fact, if you're heterosexual and you're having sexual relationships outside of marriage, it's the same sin. But we will not naturalize and say it's okay to do these things because I didn't write the book. I'm giving you a report. Genesis 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Revelation 21 makes it very clear what God has to say. But the United Methodist Church had a meeting, literally, and took a pen and drove through those lines and said, we no longer believe this. That was for a period of time. God is a progressive God. Listen, I grew up in a denomination just like that. And they said, if we just make it easier for people, if we back off some of these things that the Bible teaches, we will pack the church. From 1960 to now, that denomination has declined by 90%. 90%. 500 years ago, they, they uh, hauled Martin Luther in front of a, a court. Because he challenged the Catholic Church. Remember 95 Theses? He nailed them to the door in Wittenberg. He goes, uh, and he wasn't trying to start the Lutheran Church, by the way. He said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Bible says. They called him in and said, you need to recant all of this or we're going to kill you. It's a very Christian thing to do. And um, Martin Luther said, here I stand, I can do no other. Why? Because he knew what the Bible said. There was no, where else do you go? There, there, there's nowhere else to go. But once you start saying, well, the Bible is not the Word of God, it, they won't say it like that. They'll say the Bible contains the Word of God. Well, maybe the Koran contains the Word of God, too. They'll tell you that. And maybe there's multiple ways to get to heaven. And maybe this verse really is not that important. Man, once you go down that road, you are in big, big trouble. Now, what does the church do? We love people. This is the hardest part for me on stage. Personally, it's not that difficult. But on stage is how do you convey, yes, we've got to stand with God. We've got to stand for God. We've got to stand alone if necessary. If I'm the only one that believes that this is what marriage is, a man and a woman. If I'm the only one that still believes that, I'll still be believing that. But how do I convey that in love to people? How do I get people that are living together to get married? I mean, uh, what, whatever it is, how do I convey that? From, the, from up here, my job is to try to challenge you, motivate you. But when we're one-on-one -on -one with people, 
Our job is to love them, yeah? Isn't that what Christianity is sort of about? But you don't love people by telling them, hey, what you're doing is okay. Go on to hell and God bless you. All right? Now, we get to the toughest part. you got to stand with God when nobody else is even remotely interested. All right. So, we've been told that this universalism thing is okay. We've been told the Bible's not really fully the Word of God. It just contains the Word of God, so we deal with that. And then we get to this other issue where people say, listen, all, we're all worshiping the same God. Christians just embrace Islam and Hinduism. We're all the same. Allow me to help you. First of all, Allah is the moon God. And you can do your own homework. I don't have to do all of this for you. Allah is the moon God. That's why the moon is on the flag. It's, they've always worshipped something very different than we worship. In the Quran, there is but one objective. Kill all Christians and Jews. Does that sound like the God you serve? Let me help you. Okay. What's his name? Soleimani? Whatever. The terrorist that we just took out. Okay. I'm not here to argue politics. All right. I, if you'd like to know my personal opinion, be happy to share it privately. I think you probably got a handle on that. Um, um, yes. And wave my flag. Okay. Um, all right. So, but here's the deal. All right. So he killed 700 Americans, thousands of his own people. Okay. Now, according to Islam, he's a martyr. And he's in heaven with 70 virgins. According to Christianity, he's in hell, burning forever, separated from God. According to atheism, he's just laying in the dirt. Those three are not compatible, my friend. I don't care. Pick, a, pick something. Take a stand somewhere, but you cannot say they're all the same. Is he in heaven? If, you're, if universalism is true, according to Islam, he's at the highest peak right now because he died killing Christians. Now, the, the, here's the crazy thing. It's the Christians saying this dumb stuff. It is the Christians that are saying, yeah, listen, it's all the same. We're the ones that have got the dumb bumper sticker. Take that bumper sticker that's got all the religions on it. Now, take that to Saudi Arabia. They'll blow up your car because you've got a cross and star of David on the back of your car. So don't run that thing around here. Take it to Arabia. Take it to Baghdad. They'll love you there. <laughs> Listen, it's not a political statement. It's a spiritual statement. Because one day, everybody's going to die. That's why we do mission work. That's why we've planted a church in Damascus. That's why we've planted a church in Yemen. That's why we have a church in Baghdad. That's why we, whether you know it or not, the fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. Because people are fed up with this stuff. And they're like, you mean there's a God that really loves me? They're smart enough to know, no. If you talk to a Muslim, they'll be like, no, we don't worship the same God. Only in Christianity, because we want so desperately, for some reason, to pull everything together. When the whole point of Christianity has always been 
we're out on a limb. We're risking everything that God became flesh, that Jesus was born of a virgin, he raised from the dead, and that he's coming back to get us. Now, either that's true or it's not, but where and when will you actually take a stand? Matthew, throw me some scripture, please. Moses answered the people. This is right as they're getting ready to cross the uh, Red Sea. Do not be afraid. Stand. And you'll see the deliverance of the Lord. The deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. God wiped out the whole army. What else you got? Stand firm. Ephesians 6. Putting on the armor of God. Stand firm then with the belt of what? Not opinion, not feelings, truth. truth. Buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place. What else you got? How about Matthew 10? Beautiful. All men will hate you because of me. This is Jesus. But he who stands to the end will be saved. Do you know 300 years ago, John Wesley was dealing with this same topic. They ran John Wesley out of town in England, in southern part of He was down in uh, St. Simon's Island uh, in Georgia. And uh, Wesley was preaching these fiery sermons about Islam. He said, guys, this is who we've got to look out for. And the church wanted to ride him out of town. And in some cases, they did. Because he said, this is not the same story, guys. 300 years ago, Wesley saw this coming. Interestingly enough, he's the founder of Methodism. He would be not rolling, he would be flipping in his grave uh, today. All right, look, we want to give you an opportunity to take a stand. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're in Deland, Palm Bay, go down front. Uh, David, Michael will be there. They'll be happy to pray with you, answer your questions. Here in Ormond, you come over here to the decision sign. If you're online, there's people monitoring. Write in, talk, ask questions. You want prayer, come over here. Uh, we'll help you with that. But I want to finish with a story out of, out of Mexico. Uh, Chiapas is one of the most dangerous places in the world. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> Chiapas is a state in the far southwest, <coughs> excuse me, the far southwest corner of Mexico. It is very, very similar to what's going on in the Middle East. It is, it is as dangerous as it is being in Baghdad if you are a Christian in Chiapas. Well, we have teams down there because about 10 years ago, this church, your passion for church planning. You invested money, you invested training, and you planted, a, for the first time in history, a Christian church amongst the Aztec Indians. Now we have three churches. All of them are led by Aztec pastors. Uh, they're sharing the gospel with their own people from hill to hill to mountain to mountain, and they went to Chiapas. They went to this most horrible place, and they began to share the gospel. And they began to give out toys to the children for Christmas. And a little girl named Naomi, 11 years old, was there. And Naomi said, I would like to give my toy back. And they're like, well, why, sweetheart? She said, do you have a Bible? She said, I heard that the Bible is God's words. And so I will give you my toy back if you'll give me a Bible. 
Oh, that we would be that way. Long story short, they got to talking to Naomi. She's the only one in the village who can read. And so they said, Naomi, we're going to hand you a Bible. Would you promise to read a chapter a day to your whole village and tell them the story of Jesus? And she said, yes, that will be my job. Maybe we need more 11-year-old kids. Father, I pray that we would learn to take a stand. It's not easy. Never said it was. Help us to be willing to go out on a limb. Not worry so much about being liked, but being faithful. I don't know who needs to rethink. I don't know who needs to make a decision to accept Jesus. I just know that Jesus throughout the lifeline and it's available for all of us. So wherever people find themselves today, that they would not define themselves by sexuality, they would not define themselves by denomination, but they would learn to define themselves by their relationship with Jesus. Amen.